will, and just go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 in your Bibles. Second Corinthians chapter number 11. And uh, we are going to begin reading in verse number 22. I just want to echo um, that I really hope that the majority of you will participate in our Bible study that is upcoming in February. Our Bible study format has turned more to a semester base, and it's really about application and not just giving you information. But we want transformation, which is the core of who we are. So I hope you can come on out to that. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11? We're going to begin reading in verse number 22. And I think we're going to go down to verse 28. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, now is the moment, Lord, where, Father, we give our attention to your word. Father, everything is centered upon your word. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain. Father, give us attentive hearts today. Help us to discern what the Spirit is saying to every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray, Lord God, that having heard this message today, that, Lord, that we will be changed for the better. I pray, God, that you will give me good articulation of speech, give me a clear heart, a clear mind. Father God, I pray that you would take this vessel and use it for your glory. Father, um, none of me and all of you, this is my prayer, God. We're hungry to hear from you right now. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, like only you can. And Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm really, really excited about what God has in store for us this year. And um, I want to begin this sermon by, by saying something. Um, I love my church. I love my church. Why do I love my church? I love my church because of you. I love my church because I find it a privilege and an honor that God will allow me the privilege to serve you. So I, I love my church. I love doing what I'm doing. I love the fact of proclaiming to you the word of the Lord. I love the fact that your lives are being transformed, that you're growing, that you're hearing the word of the Lord, uh, that life is springing out of you. Uh, you know, that just really... Uh, excites me. It ignites me. And 
this time of year, as I kind of said last week, is a time when we get to reevaluate our focus and revisit our vision and direction. You know, the Bible says that if there is no vision, the people will perish. So vision is very, very important. I come to understand in my own life, if I aim for nothing, that you'll hit it every time. So it's important that we take some time and that we revisit who we are as a people and why we do what we do. Why, what is it that makes Foundation Church the church that it is? What is our MO? What is uh, our value system? Who are we as a people? Why do you, why do we exist here in the middle of Stafford County for right now in Moncure Elementary School? I think it's important that we take some time and revisit that. How many know that God is a God of purpose? And he called us with a distinct purpose. Every great leader that God ever called, he called with a purpose. You remember Moses? Moses was called to lead the people out of Egypt. Paul, who was called to minister to the Gentiles. And you had Joshua, who was called to lead the people into the promised land. And so God has also given a call to us as a people, as a church. So we want to expound on that today. And so this whole month actually will be dubbed Vision Month. So we will really be getting into the nuts and bolts of who we are, understanding who you are in relation to our church, and beginning to make some necessary adjustments in your own life to get in line with what God wants to do. So we'll be talking about vision. We're going to be talking about those things uh, that make us who we are. And so our theme for this year is PUSH. Can everybody see my little sign there? It's somewhat little. And PUSH is an acronym for Persevere, Unity, Stay Focused, and Harvest. So each, each uh, week we will be taking one of those things and we'll be, talking about, uh, we'll be talking about them. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, perseverance. And so PUSH. I want you to look at the neighbor and say push. That is going to be our goal word for 2015. Push. You know, one of the things I, I think about is, uh, you know, when a woman is, is in, uh, going through a pregnancy, you know, uh, she usually carries a baby somewhere around, around nine months. And, you know, during that time, you know, there's a lot of complications that come with that from what I'm told and from what I see. Uh, that, you know, there's pain, you know, there's, they have a hard time sleeping at night. Uh, sometimes they're vomiting and they're throwing up because they're just, you know, it's just so much to come with the pregnancy. Uh, they are gaining weight. They're going through all these hormonal changes. And, and ladies, if you know what I'm talking about, say amen. Uh, you know, it, there's, there's a lot that come with that. But it's as challenging as that is, the most challenging part of the pregnancy or the most painful part is the time when it's time to give birth. It is a time when you know you're in the, in the office, you're in the, not the office, but you're, hopefully, uh, you're in the hospital, and, 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 uh, and, and the doctor says he wants you to push. Everybody say push. And how many know that that is not a time for you to say, oh, I'm tired. 
Oh, I don't feel well. I remember my wife when she was laying in bed, and one of our kids, we got so many, I forget which one, but, but one of them, I, I remember my wife there yeah, gave her some drugs, I guess an epidural, that's what they call it. And, and, and my wife was just wanting to relax. It, it got her into a, a calm state. And, 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 and my wife said, oh, I'm tired. They said, no, no, you need to push, push. And I looked at her, baby, push, push. She said, looked at me and said, shut up. Push, 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 push. Now is the time to push. It's not a time to sit back because you're about to birth something. All that you've been laboring for, hoping for, waiting for, it, it, when you come to that moment, when it's time, then you've got to push. I believe that in the life of our church, I really believe this with all of my heart. Hear me, church, hear me. Are you listening? Say amen. I believe that this is a season for us to push. I believe that God want to take us to the next level, which is going to require some pushing. But, but you know, you remember the children of Israel, think with me for a moment, but you remember when they had got out of Egypt and they were all celebrating, they were dancing, and then, and then they came to another obstacle uh, called the Red Sea, and the Pharaoh's army is on their back. Y'all remember that? And they look back and they got all scared and everybody started complaining and crying, and then Moses says, why are you complaining to me? Tell my people to do what? Move forward. In other words, push. Because on the other side of your pushing is a breakthrough. I believe that this is a season for us to change lives in a radical way. This is a season for us to make new disciples. This is a season of fruitfulness. This is not a time where we just kind of sit back and, oh, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I don't know. This is, how I many know we're living in a time right now where the church, the church got to push. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We got to push. So we're going to be looking at this today. We're going to be exploring what it means to push so that we can become the people that God wants us to be, so that we can be the church that God wants us to be. How many know that there's a greater place that God has for us? How many know we want to make new disciples? How many know that somebody needs to be delivered? Somebody need hope. Somebody need help today. And how many know that I want and you should want your piece of the pie? So what we do here at Foundation Church, I want you to understand something. It is about changing lives. It is about life. It is about people coming out of darkness, coming into his marvelous light. And, every, and I know sometimes you get tired. I know how, oh, I'm tired, Pastor. Oh, I'm tired. And the last thing you want to hear is push. But I believe if we push, we're going to reap a great harvest. And we'll sit back and we will say, man, it was well worth it. How do you know that every soul to come into the kingdom is worth it? For everybody to get delivered from something, it's worth it. For every family to get restored, it is worth it. For every person that is hooked, lost, uh, down on life, every person on the brink of suicide, it's worth it to push. This is who we are. So we got to understand, speaking of who we are, I'm going to take you a little bit deep today, and I'm going to take you kind of in a roundabout way. I'm going to talk about some things today that I think will challenge you. I want to say right now, uh, you don't need to put your guard up, uh, but you need to open your Bible up. And you need to walk with me through this. Because I cannot really explain to you the vision and the mission of why a foundation exists until I deal with the fact of who you are. And that you and I must understand who we are as believers, who we are as Christians, who we are called to be. 
None of this will matter until you get this principle that I'm about to share this morning. And there are several of them, but I want to talk about them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's talk about what it means. I'm going to bring this thing back around full circle. I'm going to talk a moment for a life devoted to Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 15. I'm going to go through these verses real quick. You can write them down. For the love of Christ compels us, and because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all die. Hear me. And he died for all, Jesus, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Listen to this. But for him who died for them and rose again. How many know that because the price of discipleship is that you don't live for yourself? Can the church say amen to that? You don't live for yourself. You know, when you came into the kingdom, you must understand that at that moment that you were supposed to die to yourself. You don't live for yourself. You live unto him. Let's further that. Luke chapter number 9, verse 23. You'll understand this in the by and by. Just stay with me. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, who desires to come after Jesus? Raise your hand. Here's what Jesus said. Let him deny him what? And take up his cross. How often? Daily. And follow me. How many know that you need to get before the presence of God every day? You know, every day God has, some, has something in store for you. How many know that our God doesn't waste time? Y'all going to have to pray with me today. How many know God is a God of purpose? Everything that God does, he's a God of purpose. He does not waste anything. And how many know that every day, in the psalm, David said, Lord, teach us to number our days. How many know that God has a plan for you every day? Daily, you got to pick up your cross and you got to follow him. You got to be determined as a disciple of Jesus Christ to come hell or high water, I am going to stay the course. Look at the neighbor and say, stay the course. Luke 14, 33. We're going deep. You got your wetsuit. Come on, come with me. I'm going to bring you back up, I promise. Luke 14, 33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, listen to this, cannot be my disciple. How many know that's strong medicine? Think about it. He says, unless you are willing to forsake all that he has, you cannot be my disciple. You know, I remember at the time when I, some of you had this experience, when I gave my life to Christ, and it was June 10th, 1991, 7 o'clock p.m. I can't even tell you the location that it happened. Because I knew at that moment that I had to make a decision. I had been running for a long time. Pastor, why were you running? Because I knew what discipleship meant. It was going to cost my life, and quite frankly, there was a lot of parts of my life that I really liked. There were some parts of my life I didn't want to give up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is there a part of your life sometimes you really struggle? I really got, I know what your word said. I really don't want to give that up. Is anybody in here? And so at that particular moment, I made a decision. Listen, you may not know the day, you may not know the hour, you may not know the time, but there should have been a time in your life when you said, Lord God, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to give this thing to you. See, I want you to think about this. Um, you remember uh, the rich young ruler. Uh, Jesus said to him, he says, he got, the guy comes and he's all happy. He's, Lord, 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 what, what, you know, what can I do to enter your kingdom? You know, I've done all these wonderful things, you know. I, I give to the poor. I do marvelous. I am good. I, I mean, you know, am I, am I okay? And Jesus said, oh, you, oh, you lack just, just one thing. One thing. What's that, Jesus? 
Sell everything you got and give to the poor. Scripture says, brother walked away sorrowful. You know what that means? He wasn't really ready to give that up. Because you know what happened? Another God had him. He was, see, you got to be willing as a disciple. Hear me, this is, this is a, why am I talking about this? Because this is a crutch of who we are as a people. See, you got to be willing to give up everything and anything that clashes with the word of God. Listen to me. See, to, to, to give up everything. Apostle Paul said, Paul says, listen, he, said, he, he says, I count everything but rubbish. He had degrees. He was well educated. He had all that. But he said, in the face of Christ, he said, nothing means more to me right now than pursuing him. So watch this. If I got an attitude that contradicts the word, I get rid of the attitude. If I got behaviors that contradict the word, I get rid of the behavior. If I got ideology, a, world, a worldly mindset that contradicts the Bible, what do I do? I get rid of it. I'm forsaking everything for him. You know, one of the things, I, you know, I came from a church before I came here, at Grace, Grace Covenant Church, and y'all hear me talk about that all the time. But I always say, I had, there were heroes over there. Here, I mean, giants of the faith. These are people that will up and leave. You know, most people, when they up and leave an area, they leave because their jobs send them. They don't just go because they want to go. They have to go. There were people in that church who, listen to me, listen to me, church. Some were rich. Some were just average. They didn't have much money at all. But you know what they would do? They had a sense of what God was saying to them, and they would pick up their stuff. And they would move from the East Coast to the West Coast. Why would they move from the East Coast? Not because their job sent them. Because they felt that God said to them that you can be more effective in doing my work over here. So you know what they did? They picked up everything, and they left. Some of you look at that and say, that's crazy. No, that, that's what it means to be a disciple. That you're willing to give up everything. And see, some people, they never, listen to me, Foundation Church, how I many know we deal with the cracks in your foundation? See, a lot of people got cracks in their foundation because nobody ever told them this stuff. What we said is, man, just give your life to Jesus, it's all good. But nobody ever told you, in order to be a real disciple of Jesus, you got to be willing to give up everything. And everybody say everything. 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 The rich young ruler wasn't willing to do that. He wanted to hold on to his money. Is there anything that you are not willing to give up for God? If God came to it and said, can I have that, would you give it up? Thought for you. Colossians 3, verses 1 through verse 3. I got to run. If then you are raised, were raised with Christ. Watch this. How many of you have been raised with Christ? He says, seek those things which are what? Above. All right. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, watch this, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. For you died, listen to this church, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. How many know that you are supposed to be a dead man? You died when you came to Christ because you were dead before you came and then you got alive when you gave your life to him. He says, now, since you've been raised with Christ, set your mind. In other words, you really studied that in the Greek. It is to set your affections, set your passions, set your desires on things above and not on things of the earth. Why? Because the things of the earth is temporal. How many of you love things? How many of you love things? How many like nice cars? Don't look at me like, how many like nice houses? How many like nice clothes? How many like nice bow ties? Hey, 
All of those things are temple. He says, set your passion. The problem with the church is, listen, it's nothing wrong with the things. It's just that our passion is in the wrong thing sometimes. Nothing wrong with the stuff. It's just that the stuff got a hold of us. And we have to be people to understand that everything in this world as it is, is temporal. Your education, your, your degrees, your, your money, all of it is temporal. The only way you can transfer it into heaven is your, heaven has to be the inspiration behind it. Are y'all still saying with me, amen? This is some tough medicine, but are you taking this? Why this is important? Because I want to go back to who we're supposed to be as a people. Now, so now that you understand what discipleship means, it means to forsake everything, to give your life, to give every corner of your life to him. This is what it means. How many know this is what it means to be a Christian? Then next, you have to have a kingdom agenda. Everybody say kingdom. Kingdom agenda. Look at Matthew 6, verses 28 and 33. We're going to read back verses 28 to 33. Stay with me. <laughs> so why do you worry about clothing? Listen to Jesus' words. I love this. This is one of my passages I just love. Every time I even think about being troubled about stuff, I just read this verse, and I get delivered real quick. So why do you worry about clothing? This is Jesus talking. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Here's the indictment. O oh, you of little faith. <laughs> How many know God take care of his kids? How many of you know? I mean, you know God takes care of you. Therefore, he says, now, look, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall I eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, the unbelievers, the people who don't know God. You know what they are concerned about? Things. Success. The more money I make, the better. The bigger house, the bigger car, all of these things. The world, is, the, the, the world deems success by how much stuff you have. Am I right about it? Say Amen. And that's, that's the way the world is. So the world, listen to me, Jesus said, I don't want you to be concerned about that. He said, don't let that. And he's not saying that, listen, don't take it to the extreme. Well, I ain't supposed to have a house. I ain't supposed to have a I didn't say that. Say, look at the name say, Pastor didn't say that. Because I know somebody go up and say. <laughs> but what he's saying is that that, that that is not the most important thing to us. See, how I many know the American dream is not what we're after? I know what you've been taught. I, I know what you've grown up. Oh, get the American dream. No, when you come into the kingdom, baby, it's about kingdom, not about American dream. See, see, success, we've got to understand it is totally different for us who are believers. He says, watch this. Let's keep reading. He says, but you seek, for verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his what? And all these things will be added unto you. There it is. See, the mark of discipleship is this. I, listen, we've got to reprogram our thinking. See, a lot of people come into this thing and they never ever understand that, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a new way of doing things. See, let, let me explain to you. See, every kingdom, every kingdom has rules, right? 
Every kingdom has principles. Every kingdom has values. Every kingdom has some, something by which to live by. How many of the kingdom of God have values? Amen. They have rules. There's a governor, and you know his name. It ain't going to be no board or nothing. Uh, the government should be upon his shoulders, and the church said, amen. Yes, sir. And so we understand that, that the kingdom of God, what, what, what he's saying is when we're seeking first the kingdom, that means that God's interests supersede, listen to me, every other thing in your life. Mm. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. God's kingdom, he says, seek first the kingdom. And then here's what he said. Here's the back end. He says, I'll take care of all the other stuff. The question you got to ask yourself, am I really living for God? Am I really passionately pursuing the kingdom? Am I representing him? How many know that an ambassador, when he comes from another country, he's not coming uh, from his country to another country uh, uh, to be conformed. <coughs> he's coming to represent the interests of his country. Amen. He understands that he's only here temporary. I'm here to tell you what I'm all about. When an ambassador comes from another country, you'll figure out real quick what he's about. How many know the people need to look at you? They need to understand what you're about. So we have to have a kingdom mindset. In other words, whatever you do, wherever God place you, whether you're a policeman, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a CEO, whether you're in the military, uh, 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 whatever job, whatever your influence, whether you're a nurse, whatever you are, how many of you know you are there to represent the kingdom? Period. You're not there, listen to me, just to make a buck and go home to say that, man, I, I, I got stuff. You're not just there for that. You are there. God put you there so you can represent his interests. Seek first the kingdom. God said, I'll take care of everything else. So, so watch this. So now that I understand what it means to be a disciple, I understand, and now I understand that I have to have a kingdom mindset. Everybody say kingdom. kingdom. Do not, John, just write this verse down. 1 John 2, 15. I want you to write this down. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can that be more poignant? I use the things of this world to further the interests of God. Do you hear me? See, the things of this world, how do you know it slips away? I said before, I say it again. When the person die, I never see them dragging all their stuff behind them. You're going to go back in your birthday suit and you have to give an account to the king. So hold everything you got loosely. Loosely. And understand that God has given it to you for a divine purpose. Everybody say divine purpose. Oh, gotten quiet up in here. So we're to seek first the kingdom. Jesus said again, Jesus said this. In Matthew 13, 44, write it down. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. All. Everybody say all. Oh. Is the kingdom of God that valuable to you? Ask yourself the question. This is, ask yourself, do I really understand this principle? Now, <clears throat> let's talk about the role of the local church. I told you I'm going to bring you full circle. So the local church is God's primary vehicle for advancing the kingdom in the earth. Now, understand something. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. Jesus made a very, very profound statement. And, and hear me. He says now, and I also say to you, 
that you are Peter, and upon this rock, this truth, I will build my what? Church. Now hear that. Who's going to build the church? Come on, nice and loud. Preach with me this morning. Y'all know who's going to build the church, right? You know Jesus talking. He said, I will build my church. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. I got to give you the question, then I got to give you the answer at the same time. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, now here's something. So since Jesus is the one that built the church, since Jesus is the one who established the church, the world can't tell us how to run the church. This is why we cannot water down and try to placate to a society that we already know don't like biblical principles. I may I add kingdom principles. So they want us to water down the word. They want us to, they want us to accept everything and anything. They just want us to be loose. But here's the problem I got with that. But Jesus says, I will build my church. It's his church, so he gets to make the rules. I don't even get to stand up here behind this pulpit. I can't make up stuff as I feel like it. I know some folks wish I did, but I ain't stupid. I can't make up. Listen to me. I'm accountable to this word just like you are. But watch. Well, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. He also says, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Wow. That should get you excited. So it tells me a couple things. The gates of hell are going to be coming up against the church. He's going to be fighting you. This is, now, I want you to stay with me. He's going to fight the church. He's going to fight the church. He's going to fight. But here's what Jesus said. But the gates of hell will not prevail. That's why I need to stay the course. I need to stay faithful. I need to keep preaching. Even if they don't want to hear it, I'm going to be faithful to this thing. Why? Because he already said, he said, now look, the gates of hell are going to attack, but they ain't going to succeed. So don't you be caught watering down anything. Don't be caught placating. Don't be caught trying to justify. Well, you know what? If the Bible says it, listen, I, I got, you know, I, I, you see people bump a stick. Or, you know, I, God said it. I believe it. I tell you, well, whether you believe it or not, God said it. It's going to happen. And it is what it is. I've seen people try to twist the word, try to twist the scripture. Oh, Lord, you know, no, I don't know. That, listen to me. How many know the word is the word? It stands alone. Mm-hmm. So the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, so the local church, so the Apostle Paul, how many know the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9? I don't have time to turn there. But in Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul had an accident. He wrecked his car. <laughs> that was a joke. He had an accident. He was on his beast, right? <clears throat> and, and that big old sunlight, that sight just blinded him. He ran off the road and he crashed. And he had a vision. And God said to the Apostle Paul, Paul, I'm, you're going to be a vessel under me to go and preach to the Gentiles. So what does Apostle Paul do? Apostle Paul, he gets blinded. First of all, he goes to Ananias and get his sight back because he got blinded. How I many know that God is glorious? When you look in the face of all that glory, you got to be, I mean, if no flesh can dwell in his presence. I mean, he's, hmm, hmm, mean. <laughs> so anyway, so, so Paul then, he goes and Paul establishes churches all over, all over Asia Minor. He just goes and plants churches all over the place. So many of the letters that you read, many of the epistles that you read in the Bible, they are letters to the churches that Paul planted. And he would go back and he would follow up with them to see how they were doing. So the local church, you know, people say, well, I don't like the church. Well, why can you, how can you say such a thing? The church, 
Listen to me, the church is made up of everybody who loved Jesus and who seek Jesus. The church is also made up of his believers that come together in different locations all over the earth. I mean, I'm ta- now, now, I'm talking about Christian churches. I ain't just talking about any church. I'm talking about churches under the bloodstained banner of Jesus. I'm not talking about, so I'm, I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. All right? I want to make that distinction. And so the local church then becomes the expression by which, watch this, we advance the kingdom. So when you hear me, like, do you hear me say, for example, uh, you know, um, I mean, we got to pray for our church. Pray for Foundation Church. Foundation Church is not an entity in and of itself. Foundation Church is a microcosm of the church. It is still the church. And our job is to advance this church because in advancing this church where God has you, you are advancing the kingdom. You hear me? How many know that every one of us have a responsibility to advance the kingdom? And God has churches all over the place. Every church, a group of believers that love Jesus, their job is wherever God to plant them. We just call ourselves Foundation Church. You can call us wherever you want. That's just because we all meet together, and this is how we identify ourselves. But the goal is the same, to advance his kingdom. And hear this. Every one of you are responsible for that. It is not just Pastor Bailey's job to advance the kingdom. It's not Pastor Bailey's job just to make disciples. It is every one of our jobs. You are listening to me. When this church succeeds in its mission that Jesus Christ has given it, then we all succeed. Why? Listen to me. Everything that we do in this house, we do it to advance the kingdom. When you hear me use terminology, praying for these people, praying for this church, I'm saying in essence, we're praying for the kingdom. We're advancing the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing here. And how many know that there's opposition against that? <clears throat> Look at this. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Satan as we are starting to come down. Bring this thing full circle so you can catch it. So watch this. <laughs> this is important that you get this. See, our main priority is to advance the kingdom of God. That means to make new disciples, to train them up, to build them, to proclaim Jesus, to glorify him, to live for him. This is what we do. This is our job. The church is established by Jesus Christ himself. We've said this. So our job is to advance the kingdom. Satan's main priority is to stop it. Let me say that again. Our job is to advance the kingdom. Satan's job is to what? Stop it. Some of you don't realize what you're dealing with. This is spirit. You know, when we come together, this is warfare. This is not, you know, we can't play church. We're not going to make disciples. We're not going to change the world if we're simply going through the motions. We have to have an attitude. We have to be very, very devoted to who we are. That's why I had to talk about discipleship, because that's what we are. That's why we exist. But watch this. So watch this. Look at Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. Go there real quick. Go there. Just go there. Revelation chapter 12. Well, look at it on screen. Yep. That looks nice. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. Look at this. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not what? Good God. 
nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the what? The devil and Satan who deceived the whole world. And he was cast to the earth. And his angels was cast out with them. And then verse number 12 of that same chapter says this. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Get this. And the sea, for the devil has come down to you. Having what? Can I say this and not get in trouble? He's pissed. I know the preacher ain't supposed to say that, but he's upset. He's come down to you. That means us having great wrath because he knows, watch this, that the clock is what? See, too many Christians don't really understand that principle. The devil knows. That's why he's mad. That's why he's staring up stuff. So, well, so if I'm the devil, stay, bear with me for a moment. Uh, let, me, let me use this analogy. You know, and this is probably a bad example, but I think you'll get it. You know, when, when they want to do a terrorist attack, and they did this terrible thing to our country back in 2001, terror, you know, terrorism, what they want to do is they always want to inflict mass casualties. They never want to do just one or two people. They want to do it on a big scale. They want to do it where they can affect the most amount of people. How many know that in 2001, our country was greatly affected? Our financials, everything was greatly affected. Wasn't the the 3,000 people was a, a significant part, but, but in the grand scheme of things, that was really a small part of it. There were people that didn't fly. It hit us in the economy. There was fear all over the place. How many know that the devil, listen, the devil ain't just trying to just get at you in your life. How many know that the devil does it through a system? Jesus called it, uh, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Paul refers to the enemy as the God of this world. So Satan, has, how does Satan work today? Satan works through a system. He works through a system. and I, he, look, he don't just come down to you. And just, no, he, he want to flex masses. So what he does, he established a system. And the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What, what, what verse is that? That's Ephesians. Just, just write this verse down. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and the heavenly places. In other words, Satan works through system. He works where the power is. Where the power is is where you can affect change. For an example, you're sitting in your office. I'm just going to use this as an example, not trying to pick on anybody at all. Please understand that. You're sitting in your office, and, 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 somebody's, and, and, and you say to somebody, man, homosexuality is wrong. Um, how many know that you're gonna get, you might get in trouble? Because the system right now is set up that if you say that, they're going to come after you. Now, the system does affect you. That's how Satan does it. The system, this world system is against us. And so what? By default, we're under attack. Just because we represent an ideology that is contrary to the world. So where does Satan go? He goes into the high places. People that have power. People who make decisions. So that they can then push laws and rules that Satan knows that contradicts the kingdom. 
So the, I'm trying to get you to understand, the system is rigged against you. You're in a fight. You are in a fight. Now, you said, Pastor, what am I in a fight for? I want to remind you of something. I know what you've been told church is all about. I get it. I'm, I'm, I, want you to change, I want you to stay with me. Just please be open-minded for a moment. See, the fight is for the souls of men. That's what the fight is for. The fight has always been about that. Satan has devised a system because all he wants you to do is to be worried about eating, getting this, and getting that. He don't want you to be concerned about people, souls. He don't want that. He wants you to be mad about how, what color the carpet is. He wants you to be mad about, because sister, sister, so she didn't speak to me today. Satan has devised a system to, to, to listen to me. And, and because of who you are and who you represent, the enemy is fighting us. He wants you to quit. That's why sometimes when it gets really hard for people, when things get really hard, you tend to lose your focus. You tend to lose your focus. You forget what this whole thing is all about. It's a fight for the souls of men. This is why you are here. Now, now, now I told you I was going to bring it full circle. This is why Foundation Church is here. We are fighting for the souls of men. Because Satan wanted to take, listen, when Satan got kicked out of heaven, the Bible says not only did he get kicked out, but all of his angels, all of, all of them with him. And where did they come down? They came down to the earth. He knows he got a short time, so what did he do? He's fighting against you. He's fighting against you. He fight against you every day. The system is rigged against you. It's hard for you to go anywhere and try to maintain a God focus. You can't even ride in your car. The images on the public bus system even disturbs you. You can't look at a football game because everything is trying to pull you away from what's really important. Satan wants to lullaby the church to sleep. This is just a place we hang out on Sunday so I can feel good. The devil is a liar. The church is here to advance the kingdom of God, to win souls, to equip and to build people. That's why we're here. We're not here to just make you feel good. Sometimes the word will smack you in the face and it'll make you feel bad, but then you'll get good. Anybody had, had castor oil? What is that? Oh, 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 terrible. How many know that's the way it is sometime in the king? It's terrible. So this is a fight for souls. So I want you to think about the things that you get mad about, the things that you get upset about. In the grand scheme of things, Satan wants you right there. He wants you overly concerned about your job. He wants you to be concerned about this person, that person. He wants you to be doing everything you can, except just don't worry about that church. In fact, Satan just wants you to say, well, you know what? Today, I'm not going to worry about the church. I'm not going to church. Oh, today, I'm not going to pray and read my Bible. Oh, today, you know, I got more important things to do today. I'm just going to relax. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing wrong with relaxing. But be careful with your relaxing. Because some of us want to relax too much. And I believe that sometimes we get disturbed and we get in conflict. And sometimes we are still trying to hold on to some things. And, you know, and when, it, when, when God's purposes started getting away and started to trespass on my thing, then I started having a problem. But, but understand something. We are called to make a difference. We are called to change lives. 
We are called to advance the kingdom because the, top, the clock is ticking. We are not here to play church. That's why would everybody get it. For everything you do, every time you spend away, every moment, every hour, every service, everything you do, you are doing it to advance God's purposes in the earth. It should be for that. And that should motivate you. Persevere. Persevere. Listen, don't let the devil make you quit. That's all he wants to get you to do. He wants you to quit. The fight is for soul. This is why Paul, look at, look at verse number, uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, our, our theme. We're coming down here. The, the foundational text we read this morning. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter, look at this stuff. I mean, look at this. Paul said, look, listen, listen to this. This is, this is, he said, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Now, if anybody in here who experienced all this stuff, will you please stand up and say amen? And if that's you, if that's you, please, and you're still standing, you're still in here, please, will you come up? I need to, I need to talk to you. I need to give you a fat hook. I need to just, man, come on. Why? Paul said, watch it. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and a day, I was bent in the deep. I was in journeys often, in dangers of water, dangers of robbers, dangers of my own people. Mm. Dangers of Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, in the sea, dangers among false brethren. I was tired. Is anybody tired? Yeah, toil. I was sleeplessness and hunger. I was thirsty, fasting all the time. I wasn't fasting because I was on a fast. I was fasting because I ain't had no food. He said, I was cold and I was naked. He said, and besides all of that, I still got to worry about all the churches that I planted. What would make a Paul didn't have to do that. Paul didn't have to do it. But you know why he did it? Because he understood that my mission is to advance the kingdom. And so you know what? I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm hungry. But you know what? I'm going to keep doing what God told me to do because I know that in the end, I'm winning. So I'm going to stand. Everybody say stand. You got to stand. So listen to me. In order for us to be the people in the church that God wants us to be in 2015, how many know we got to push? Everybody say push. You can't be ready to quit. You can't be wanting to give up. Listen, listen. Don't get mad at you. Don't get mad because somebody say something or rub you the wrong. How many know that life is full of people rubbing you the wrong way? When are you going to grow up over that? When are you going to get over that? Think big. Think grand. You see, the enemy knows. His time is up. But the question is, do you know what the time is almost up? Do you know it? Foundation Church exists to build lives, to change people. We, listen, listen, everything we do, you know we gave money this morning? To, it's to build people. It's to build the kingdom. It's to build people, to bring hope to a world that is dying, to bring understanding, to advance the kingdom of God. Don't quit. Don't let nobody tell you to quit church. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about quit church. Amen. Quit Jesus. Just because your life is hard. How I many know you got to persevere? You got to persevere. Look at the neighbor and say, I'm going to press on. Paul said in Philippians 3.12, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. <laughs> Either but one thing I do, I, I, I press on. I press I work out in the gym sometimes, and you know, I'm getting older. 
You know, I used to get bench press. I'm not bragging. I'm just tell you. I used to get bench press about 415 pounds back in the day. So now I bench press significantly less, and I'm starting to notice that my, my limbs, you know, they ain't as strong as they used to be. Still strong. Don't mess with me. I'm still strong now. I got power. Don't just take that for granted. But, you know, I'm in the gym, man. I realize I'm getting older, and, I'm, I'm, and, and, and the weight is just getting heavier and heavier. And I'm sitting there, man, and, and, and I, asked, I had a guy come over and give me a spot. I'm sitting there just the other day. I'm sitting in the gym, man, put, and the guy came in. He said, put, 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 I used to get a throw that, push, push. You know, because sometimes what used to be easy, sometimes get hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I got that weight up. You know, I got it up because I kept pushing. I kept pushing. I kept pushing. I kept pushing. And I'm lifting. Yeah, it's a struggle. See, in your life, some of you right now, you just need to keep pushing. You just need to keep pushing. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. I have a video I want to show you. I want you to check this out. Come on, ushers, hurry up. We got a video I want you to show you. And I want to leave you with this image. Because when you push, you never know what's on the other side. You never, ever know. Everybody say, hurry up, Edwin. Everybody say, hurry up, Edwin. <laughs> amen, amen. The whole sermon has been jacked up because, all right. I want you all to see this. Amen. You got it. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. Now, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. I ain't done. I'm just resting a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep, dri keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. 
your back. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your back. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Brock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. was all about. It's all about. You know, at times I'll be like that coach and I'll be in your ear and I'll be saying to you push. And you're gonna be saying, I can't do it. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of that. I'm sick and tired. But you're gonna keep hearing me tell you push, push, push. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. And what we're pushing for has eternal weight for the souls of men. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Lord, I did my best. God, I want you. I want you to know, Lord, that even, Lord, when it gets hard, God, we're going to push. God, we're going to push because our pushing, God, is going to advance what's really important in this world. God, I thank you, Lord, that when you came and you died, when that cross was on your back and they were whipping you, Lord, every, every swipe, every hit was done for me. It was done for us. And you felt like quitting, but you kept going. You kept going. You kept going. You kept going all the way to Golgotha, all the way to that hill. You persevered for us. God, give us the grace to persevere for you. Give us the grace, oh God, to persevere and to make a difference and to stand for you, God, no matter what comes our way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for making us worthy to serve you, Jesus. If you're sitting here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus, and you realize, you realize you need to do that. I want to give you a chance today. Is there one who haven't given their life to Jesus? You know you want to get saved today? 
You've been pushing, but you've been pushing in the wrong direction. You've been pushing in the wrong direction, and you know it, and you know it, and you know it. And it's time to give your life to Jesus today. Is there one? Is there one who would say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus? Is there one? Maybe, maybe you are here today, and you are a Christian. You're Christian. And you realize now that you've gotten off focus, that you've gotten off track just a little bit, and you haven't given it your all. You serve God half-heartedly. You haven't gone all the way. You haven't gone all the way. This is a serious moment. And you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to go all the way. I'm ready to push. I, I, I haven't been giving it my all. I, I, I've been slacking in my soul. I've been slacking in my spirit, but I'm ready to push. I'm re I need to push. I need to push. I haven't been doing God all I know you want me to do. Is there one who would say that? If that's you, slip your hand up. I just want to pray with you. I see that one hand. Is there another one? To say, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted. You haven't pushed. You haven't pushed. You haven't been as committed as you know you should be. Is there another hand? Is there another hand? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see that hand that is up, Lord. Father, I thank you for her humility. I thank you, Lord, for her recognition, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that she has a desire to go deeper, to commit and devote herself even more, God. I pray that you would give her extra measure of grace, oh God. Give her grace, oh God. Give her grace to do the things, God, that you've called her to do. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And for others who are sitting here, Lord, who maybe had a, uh, Lord, a, a lackadaisical attitude, they haven't been uh, committed to study and learning and growing, God, I pray that you would have mercy on them, Lord. I pray today, God, that if anyone is sitting here today who didn't raise their hand and they should have, God, extend grace, extend mercy. Help them to see, Lord, that there's so much that we can accomplish together, so much, God, and you need every one of us working, every one of us doing our part, every one of us committed to the task. God, yes, it's get hard. Yet, yeah, Lord, some people who are here this morning, God, they've been tired. In fact, if that's you, you've just been tired and you just lost the gas, just slip your hand up. I just want to pray with you. You've just been tired. You've just been tired. You've just been tired. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for my sister, Lord. I pray, God, that you would give her extra measure. I pray for both, Lord, that you would give them extra measure of grace. Give them power, Lord. Give them strength, Lord, to keep fighting the good fight of faith, oh God. God, give them direction, oh God. I pray that you would be with them, Lord God. Like Paul said, I came not with wisdom of word, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power. God, I pray that you would empower these ladies. God, reinvigorate them in their spirit, oh God, so that they can do the thing that you called them to do in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Come on, stand to your feet if you will. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. You got an idea today of what we will be dealing with the entire month. My hope and my prayer is that you understand that this is, this, this is a message, not just a foundation church. This is a message for the church. And I want you to go out of this room today. If you know anybody that's struggling, that's tired, that's having a difficult time. Listen, the word for this year is what? Push. Tell them push. 
tell them, push. Keep going. If person lives, they're struggling with attitudes and relationship, push. Make it right. Struggling with forgiveness, push. Push. Struggling with a bad attitude, push. Push. You feel like quitting, giving up, push. Push. Why? There are eternal consequences. And if you're not doing the thing that you know you ought to do, get it right today. Stop making excuses and do what you know to do. And push yourself. How many know that no great athlete ever got good because he just got good? He had to work. He had to push himself. Every track star, everybody who ever did anything great, they have to push. And I want you to push. This is going to be our theme. This is what we're going to do this year. We're going to make a difference as a church. And on the other side, you remember that image? On the other side of your pushing, there's going to be breakthrough. There's going to be a harvest. And you know who participated in that? You. Every chair that gets filled, a new disciple, a new convert, you. You need to pat yourself on the back in Jesus' name that you stay faithful in the process. Amen. Let's lift your hands to the Lord. Anybody need special prayer, come up and see me at the end of service. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory, oh God. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him who gives us power to overcome every obstacle, every trap, every scheme of the enemy. Unto him, Jesus, who is our great champion, who is our great leader, who is the lover of our souls. Unto him be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise, church. Listen, we'll see you next week. Be blessed. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. I do. I probably need to keep those. Thank you very much. Mind Block Radio. Turn it up. Laying low, pressing hard.